podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Mike, lovely to see you. Uh, back in one piece from Body Scotland. How was your trip up north to NFL Scotland? Oh, it was so much fun. It was the NFL Scotland guys, um, and they were having sort of their annual fundraiser. And um, they auctioned was, you off. They auctioned off everything I could carry up there in my backpack. Right. <laughs> one of my old uh, football kind of Hawaiian shirts and a couple of hats from the a Claymore's hat, which I dug up, which is a really nice hat, but I just don't wear the hats anymore. So wait a minute, um, did you really auction a Hawaiian shirt? No, they didn't auction. Oh, okay. They ran it. They ran it for a uh, raffle. Oh, that's so it genius. was like a it was like a raffle prize. Love um, that NFL Scotland. What was the second prize to Mike Carson? <laughs> <Hawaiian show? laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I guarantee it hadn't been worn very often since um, since Channel Five days. <laughs> um, and uh, Scott Cooper was there, which was great because um, it was good to catch up with him. And he's you know he's also a really smart football player, and you know he's been there and done that. And, um, and everybody was, you know, I used to love going up to Scotland for games, whether it was Burryfield or then when they moved to Hamden. And, um, you yeah, know, the, the reception was always great. When Kev, when I was with Kev, of course, Kev was kind of a living legend because of his basketball well, coaching, uh, co- coaching yeah. up there. So crowds would gather around. It's all it is fun. I would have liked to stay a little longer, but um, I had to get back. And, Strictly yeah. business. I might. Well, great, yeah. to, great to have you back uh, on the show. There's a ton to get into. We, we mentioned two. Uh, Second prize, two nights with Iron Mike, all that jazz. Well, <laughs> who is the magic number we're going to concentrate on today's show? Because I want to look in particular at symmetrically teams that are 0 2 and ask you, each of them, how worried should we be? How worried should the fan base be? And conversely, those teams that have started blazing out of the traps 2 0, just how legit are some of those contenders? So that's how we're going to frame it as we okay. look back at week two, of course, which recorded this Monday afternoon. It hasn't quite finished yet if we're looking at perfect symmetry, but you get the point. You can roll with yeah, it. I get the point. Let's, uh, and our audience that. benefits from knowing that I've just been told this. <laughs> it's a scramble. <laughs> hey, you could riff it like with the best of a mind, Mike. All right, so let's start with Sunday Night Football then. The Pats, one of those teams that have, have dropped to 0-2, because I think we're going to give out of this 0-2 mesh, uh, mash the Texans and the Cards a bit of a pass because we didn't really have any high ups for them at all going into the start of the season. So the fact they've started 0-2, no real surprise. Let's park them to one side and look at well, everybody the, else. Yeah, the Cardinals did it with some style this week. <laughs> That's true. I mean, That's true. Yeah, well, they, actually, I'll give you the Texans as well. CJ Stroud did it with some style as well. So, yeah, I'm not to yeah. say there's not anything to like about it. Uh, also, Ali sent me a... Um, a refereeing thing where oh, the one where Odell Beckham pulls the defender down by the jersey and the defender gets an interference call. Um, I mean, and in encouraging me to rant, but oh, it was actually it. the the one that I got the biggest rant about was in the Cardinals game where where Deontay Banks is covering Hollywood Brown and Hollywood Brown runs a comeback and Banks just stands behind him and then just as the ball is about to get there he just pushes him forward from behind <laughs> and of course he misses the ball and the, the side judge is standing right there and Hollywood Brown is going like what and he, you know it's like I don't know he wasn't wrapped up he wasn't hit hard or something but it's it's clearly pass interference and the inconsistency as ever drives me crazy uh, well speaking of driving me crazy a propo sending you that just to antagonize you but minutes before recording <laughs> thanks for a propo we might have the iron mic uh ref brand a bit later on 
but I want to start. So we're gonna we'll put the Texans and the Cards to one side, right? We we'll start with the yeah. Patriots and Sunday Night Football because the Patriots are one of those teams that have dropped to zero and two. And I guess you could argue, Mike, given the way they've played in in both games, it's a slightly deceptive record based on what we've seen of them. Well, they were both the games were pretty much the same. Um, in in that they gave up early leads, they they sort of. Uh, especially at halftime, made adjustments defensively that you know stopped the other team's offense. As as most of the time happens, Bill was able to keep Tyreek Hill in check. Uh, they would he have uh, five catches for forty yards or something like that, right? And, and um, just to ex- extend your point, that's the Belichick mo, isn't it? Take out the number one weapon, for yeah, position first yeah, make make somebody else beat you, and and then they came back. But like I said last week, they don't look very good offensively. They're, the line is crap. That's the biggest problem. Um, they don't have everybody healthy. Um, they tried one of the one of the new guys at uh, left tackle this week, and and Jones was under a lot of pressure. Um, yeah. And Vic Fangio did a, a really good job of defensive play calling, you know, and and bringing more pressure on when when he needed to um, at, at the toward the end of the game. And and again, they they were like one play away from having a shot to tie the game up. And and um, I thought Cole Strange had made it. I watched the replays today, listened to uh, Terry McCauley explain why he hadn't or what he saw, you know, and it didn't it didn't quite convince me that if if it had been called the other way, I wouldn't have complained. If it, but it was called it was called a first down mm-hmm. and I didn't see enough to quite overturn, to turn it, turn over, it yeah. you know, yeah, yeah, and yeah. and. and and the and the other thing is, I really hate that kind of thing happening when it's the end of the game and you're going to get a great finish, and mm. and then all all of a sudden, all of a sudden, it's um, it, it's it's all wiped out. Uh, and ambitious that, that and your play call as well, which was which was a lot to admire. Yeah, and wanted it to work, didn't you? Yeah, and and um, that happened in the uh, Atlanta Green Bay game as well. You know, the the fourth down play from from Jordan Love. It wasn't. It, it was a borderline not catch. You know, because. You could you could argue as I did. It looked like he caught the ball and took two steps, then got hit and was going down and dropped it. Yeah. Um, so to me, that I, I'd rather call it a fumble than an incompletion. But yeah, that's yeah. not the way that's not the way the NFL works. Two steps you would think uh, represents control, but yeah, that was uh, they took a long time to look at that as well. That was uh, leaving the Packers chewing their fingernails. That didn't go th- their way. So more of them in a minute. But just on yeah. on the Finns uh, and and Patriots, Belichick takes out the, the Patriots take out. Tyreek Hill. So we figured, well, that's Jalen Waddle could be the one feasting here out of if they're taking Hill out. It was actually Raheem Mostert that went to the ground game. Were you surprised at what McDaniel going to that and how much success the Finns had I, with it? I was not surprised they went to it because um, you know, I had thought they would do this from the start of the season. Uh, you know, and that's why they they drafted Ashan and and um and but most of it was healthy. I was surprised the Patriots couldn't stop it. Now, part of it, I think, was they were they were playing more guys back in order to contain the Dolphins' passing attack. So the opening the opening was there. But you know, I was watching a breakdown of that the Mostert's touchdown run, and you know, and it was it was perfect San Francisco 49ers. There was a huge alley for him. Uh, the safety took Duggar took himself out of the play basically, um, which helped. But still, you know, it was a beautiful. It would have been a twenty yard run anyway if if Duggar was in in the right spot. So um, I, that it, I, I was surprised they had as much success and so you know to me it was kind of like two weeks in a row the patriots have seemed very ordinary well coached defensively 
Um, I don't see anything from their offense to make you get excited. They don't have a ga- a big play player. Um, Devontae Adams is not that certainly. And last Parker, year, you met- not Adams Parker. Parker. I mean, Devontae Parker. Yeah. And you remember last year when Xavier Holland had the, Javian Howard had the interception uh, kind of similar. He bodied him and bodied him out of the way and just took the ball away. You know, this time he bodied him out of bounds, and took the ball <laughs> away. But, but, you know, that just seemed to, you, when these things repeat, you, you notice them. And apart from Brandon Schooler breaking the field, uh, blocking the field goal, uh, one of the great plays of the week, I thought, you know, it, it's um, and everyone will be first copying it and then figuring out a way to stop it. You well, know? right. Exactly. Exactly that. Um, Belichick always zagging. The, you it, it, was that- also, it was also a reunion time. There were like five guys on the Dolphins who played for the Patriots. Oh, God, I hadn't made that connection. Trying to think. Yeah, Jake Jake Bailey, the punter. Um, yeah, yeah. Braxton Ber- Berrios, Berrios was yeah. originally with the with the Packers. Um, Isaiah Wynn. Uh, Justin Bethel, the bat defensive back special teamer. Um, maybe there were only four, but okay, we'll take it. It was good, uh, yeah, deep dive data anyway. Um, you mentioned the success the Finns defense had, and that, that was interesting, wasn't it? Because it was pretty vanilla week one, Austin Eckler running all over them in week one, but they contained the Patriots ground game to under 100 yards. And as you, as you said, they got a lot of pressure on Mac Jones, sacked him four times. They forced two turnovers as well. When we weighed up the, the Dolphins' chances going into the season, we knew the offense was going to excite and we knew that McDaniel was going to dial all kinds of shenanigans up and it's living up to, to that billing. But the defense was, I think, the thing that people thought, mm, is this going to be the issue in terms of positioning them as a, as a championship contender and a deep playoff run? What have you made of that the Finns D after week two. <laughs> I mentioned last night to watch to watch uh, the podcast, you know, and watch the clips. I said, you'll see a great clip uh, from the other day. It's a minute and 14 seconds long and 54 seconds of it is the question. <laughs> How dare you, I, Mike Carson. When I was talking to Ollie Thornton the other day, he was saying that your record for an answer, which incidentally, I say an answer singularly, it's an answer to the question I did ask you. Then you proceed to ask yourself a further two separate questions. Right, I got to get them in. I got to get them in while I can. Minutes, four minutes, 58 seconds is your record without beginning a word. Anyway, anyway yeah, well, that's because that's, that's I, that's I got to get, I got to um, know. Unbelievable. You know? Get on with um, it. Anyway, <laughs> to answer to answer, to the question did we either of us remember the the, question the key the key thing um i think was that with the patriots you don't have to double any receiver Mm. you know so you you can either sit and and fangio basically plays a two deep zone and the outside zone guys are more or less man to man but he doesn't have to give them any help he didn't have to pull he didn't have to pull a lot of other people away from the line of scrimmage so even though there weren't eight in the box they there were generally six or seven uh there and um and when you when you think about the way they were dominating the tackles uh in particular it was it was pretty pretty effective yeah okay all right so Solid for the Finns, kind of what we expect from the Pats. Looks like a seven and ten, eight and nine kind yeah. of joint. Not them. many teams that start zero and two make the playoffs. I mean, Cincinnati did last year, but it, the percentages, I think, it's quite low. I saw the figure and I can't remember what it was, but yeah. And the zero and three, the Chargers always. I think Chargers are the ones that buck the trend. Are they the only team that's started zero and three or zero and four? I think in in living memory that <laughs> that have then got onto the postseason. The Chargers just being the Chargers, right? Least listen that's to these it. numbers, Carson. Herbert threw for over 300 yards, two touchdowns, no picks. They're de-sacked Tannehill five times. Henry didn't break 100 yards. 
And yet they still lost. I mean, that is the most Chargers collection of stats going. What is it? What is going on there? Why are they contending so much individually in each game? And yet here they are, 0-2. You know, I mean, the Chargers defense was built for pass rush. They're pretty good pass rushing. They got to Tannehill, as you said. Um, but Tennessee pounds things out. And they, you know, we, we every year we seem to say they have trouble stopping the run. And, and they did again you know, this year. And, and Derrick Henry wasn't dominant. Um, you know, he... He kind of doesn't look like the Derrick Henry of old, but he looked like there's a guy called Derek Clark who played in the World League for Ryan Fire, and he played for three years, I think. And Galen Hall would kind of save him till the fourth quarter. He was big and tall and about 240 pounds, and as the defense wore down, he would he would gain yardage. So um, I think they flattered to deceive which is what you can say almost every year about almost every year i can remember ever (laughs) that is true uh in terms of pressure because this is the generation we live in mike you're gonna get pressure after a couple of weeks certainly on coaches on quarterbacks as well i'm not suggesting any pressure on. i thought you mean i thought you meant me me personally i was going to there's a lot of pressure (laughs) a lot of pressure on you i think we should maintain that pressure throughout the season but ryan Tannehill was a player god for a lot of last season under under a fair amount of pressure going into week two a lot of Titans faithful calling for his departure, wanting Will Levis. Will Levis didn't suit up yesterday, so that kind of well, he's the pressure for Tannehill. No, he's he's hurt. Um, he wasn't going to get yanked. So I don't think they have any faith in Malik Willis, to be honest. Um, and you know, it was funny because Josh Dobbs had a pretty good game. I mean, at times he was playing really, really well, um, yeah. you know, and show, showing some stuff that nobody ever seemed to let him have a chance to do. But mm. I, I think Tannehill is, he's, he's the, he's the epitome of a Mike Vrabel team or offense, you know, the, and they, the, the Titans under Vrabel, they hang in the game somehow, you know, they, they don't seem to be in it, but they're only three points down or seven points down. And then right. somebody makes a play and, and Tannehill, you know, falling down and being hit, throws the ball to, to someone else. And, and um, you know, they make a play and then they get a screen pass to Henry that that goes for 40 yards. And all of a sudden the game's tied, you know, and, mm-hmm. um, and that, that's kind of, he's like, he's like the person, the personification, of that of that ethos, you know, and I, I think that's why that's why he was going to always, I think, start that this year and mm. um, and Levis. I'm not sure how ready he didn't look great in the pre in the preseason. And, and a lot of people were saying, well, remember, you know, he he played uh, he he left Penn State because he couldn't beat out Sean Clifford at Penn State. So, you know, why corner? But this is what it's a shiny new thing, of course. But well, Tadell showing what he could do with his legs as well. He's one of those sneaky good. He he's not yeah he's always been I mean he's not as good now as he was a couple of years ago I think the injury you know last year hurt hurt him a lot but he started he was a wide receiver in college yeah you know, that's it that, so so not as good as he once was but as good as he ever was or whatever the whatever the song is uh, okay so the charges typical charges Broncos let's go there next another zero and two team head scratching from the Broncos if Tannehill is the personification of, of the Titans. That was just a textbook Broncos Jekyll and Hyde game, wasn't it? They were. Yeah, in, oh, yeah. I mean, control uh, of it. I don't see. I don't see how Washington pulled that off. You know, it. It just. Um, I mean, yes, they're very good defensively. Up you know, front, you, particularly. You, up front, in particular, they've got some playmakers. Howell. Yeah. Look, flattered. I mean, Howell 
fooled me in preseason. I thought he was ready, you know, and and he he made a couple of plays. Oh, you good last night. I thought. I, yeah. I actually thought from the first time I looked at him, and I know you're right. Preseason, we we can get a bit carried away with that, but the first time. You know, the eye test we talk about when even if it's a young quarterback that's rough around the edges and making mistakes, you think, yeah, OK, this guy's going to be fine. He belongs. That's the first time I thought that about how yesterday. I yeah, him, I thought well, you're going to be OK, I think. And, and I think I think there's a little bit of disconnect between Sean Payton and the team that he's got there. Or maybe, you know, the shorthand would be that there's a little disconnect between Sean Payton and Russell Wilson. Um, you know, although Wilson did did quite a bit in that game and um yeah i mean the deep, but, deep ball in particular was working but what let's let's explore that a bit because they're just both so long in the tooth relatively speaking that for their minds to meet in the middle <laughs> is that the problem they're just want to do uh, well, it a different way i'm not i'm not i'm just not sure that russ does does the kind of game that that he that peyton would prefer which is quicker passes mm-hmm. getting rid of getting rid of it quickly short drops um, not necessarily needing to run. He needed to run quite a bit, of, quite a bit of the, of the time. I didn't think their offensive line held up particularly well against against Washington. So that, but still, they put um, thirty three yeah. on the board. Yeah. So you you would expect they'd be able to beat Washington with thirty three points. They put most uh, of those points up in the first four minutes of the game. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, that's true too. And and you know, it, we had a lot of games that were games of of two halves you know um, well that's a perfect segue to the to the Bengals honorable shout out to Marvin Mims who looks uh looks electric by the way um but the Bengals game of two halves so 35 yards Joe Burrow had at halftime incidentally he only had 36 passing yards in the whole of week one so <laughs> six quarters of mm, pretty abject stuff from the Bengals and then they turn it around in the second half but it's not enough enough damage was done in in the first half so Bengals as you rightly said a little bit earlier on in the show, started seasons slowly in the past and it hasn't really stopped them in the long run. What about this time around, Mike? Should we be worried this time? Um, there were moments when I thought, despite the injury, Burrow looked like he was being able to run. And, you know, and that makes him effective against teams that try to blitz him. So teams just kind of stop trying to blitz him. He's got playmakers, uh, you know, there was who made the great the great play against T um Rock Yasin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. took that ball away from T. Higgins, um, which which would have changed the 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 tempo tempo of the game. And I'm not sure that they've got their offense. So many teams, it's the O-line, you know, and everybody spends all this money on on um you know shiny hood ornament receivers and and um on D linemen, which I don't, which I don't begrudge them, you know, and, and, you know, big quarterbacks are getting paid as well. Quarterbacks are getting paid and, you know, and the old linemen are in short supply. I mean, ta- and I think part of it too, is that young linemen coming into the league, there's always a few who, who now come right in, start and play well. Um, but nobody's got, a, a, well, there are a couple of teams, but most nobody's got a couple a uh, quality depth. If so, if someone gets hurt, and then you're in, you're into serious problems. And college linemen are coming in, and lots of them don't run block much, you know, from in an NFL sense, from a three point stance or or whatever. They're playing in spread offenses, and 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 it's a whole different thing. But I look at that offensive line; they didn't get much running. Uh, you know, Joe Mixon ran hard, but but uh, Mike, just and, on linemen, it's really interesting you, you you mentioning that when you weigh up different positions and how much. 
experience really matters how difficult i guess it is for for rookies to to hit the ground running back in the day receivers it was always a position where you thought well right off most of the first year because they're just getting to grips with it these days they're expected and typically often start fast is offensive lineman one of those positions where you need a few miles on the clock a bit of strength that's 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 very true um and it's not so much that the linemen that need but they need time together um you know it offensive line they have to be working in sync which is why the second reason why injuries are so crucial to a lot of the teams you know because um if you can keep your five starters healthy all year they're going to play real they're going to play much better um because they they do everything together they they get their timing right and i you know I've, i say a lot that they that's the skill sport offensive line is actually the skill position because it's all technique um, you know, you can get by a natural talent in a, a lot of places, but unless you're really huge and, you know, and can move a bit, the rest of offensive line play is, is pure technique. And, you know, the, the other bright light I thought for Cincinnati was Charlie Jones. Oh yeah. Who, who I loved yeah. at Purdue. Uh, yeah. I watched one of their games and he and the tight end who was his Durham. Uh, I think it was Durham. Anyway. Well, um, Durham Smythe or? No, no, something to do. Anyway, he got drafted a couple of round behind um, Jones, I think. But Jones looked spectacular. And, and you know, everyone would say, oh, yeah, sneaky. <laughs> is what we were saying with Scott Cooper last night. Sneaky, fast, mm-hmm. melanin challenged, you know, a good root runner, you know. Can't. But Jones was a kick returner. And, you know, and when I looked him up before the draft, you know, preparing, Jones didn't get any offers coming out of high school from top schools. He went to Buffalo. He could have gone to like North Dakota state or Western Illinois and places like that. But he went to Buffalo for some reason. And then Buffalo had a pretty good team, but the guys left. So he transferred to Iowa Mm -hmm. as a walk-on. So he had to wait, sit the year out, then played at Iowa, mostly as a kick returner. And then went into the college free agency and signed as a free agent with, um, with Purdue. And had that one year, 110 catches, you know, and I, I was watching him. I was just, this guy plays, yeah, yeah, you yeah. know, he's, he's got hands, he's got moves, he's, he's quick. And you saw the quickness on the um, kick return. He, yeah, yeah. he, he looked at the point where he was going to cut back, you know, he took it cleanly. There was nobody there. So he starts to his left. And then at the point where you're just expecting him to cut back to the right, he faints and then he, he cuts further to the left. And mm-hmm. it, it was a, brilliant little move um so yeah i took that i took that to be good and i i think you know both that division the games are generally close you know they know each other well luana rumo defends that baltimore system which so far doesn't look all that different from what they had last year there you know there, were, there was one big touchdown catch um and throw from but they haven't really switched to a, a more um pass friendly or or you know uh, or um they're still letting Lamar run a lot, a little bit more of it is scrambling than, than, than set RPOs. But, um, you know, I, I thought, I thought it was a good game. You know, either team was in a position to take that, to take it for sure. And I guess on the upside for the Bengals, well, some of their big threats haven't seen much upside yet. Jamar Chase in particular, NFL research, put this out five catches for 31. He had against the Ravens. He now has more games with fewer than 40 receiving yards this season. And you could do the math sign, Mike, that's two <laughs> that he had <laughs> in the whole of last year. So yeah. 
that's gonna that's gonna level well, up. Well, he's yeah, yeah and he, you know that's why T Higgins is, and and was is getting more more looks. He did last year in the playoffs too, and and sure. Boyd is getting getting some. They really sure. they really could use strange it seems because that's arguably the best threesome in the league. I think Minnesota might might be you know pushing them for that that category. Um, but what's really going to hurt them? in the 0-2 mark is that they're both division games that they've right. lost in the right. first two weeks. Whereas, um, you know, and that, that makes it that much harder for you because mm-hmm. if you, you know, you, you have to, you don't have a tie break. They're going to have a tough time having the tie break if it goes down to the division champion. I was just smiling as you were saying best threesome in the league and not for the reasons you probably think, because <laughs> I was thinking the Chiefs have the best dozen in the league because Mahomes just seemed to throw passes to everybody. Yes, that's his answer. I saw this really patronizing thing on one of the pregame shows where they said, who's going to have more pass, uh, receiving yards? Calvin Ridley or the entire Chiefs receiving <laughs> well, Calvin, Calvin Ridley might not if Desmond Ritter is going to lead him into the goalposts again. <laughs> that was a that was a brutal hit, you know. If, uh, if Lawrence leads him into the goalposts. Sorry, yeah, Lawrence. <laughs> well, You're sending it back. I'm, I'm going, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm getting confused in the, the South again. It, it blows it, yeah, yeah. yeah speaking, God, that was it, that was it. But he, yeah, he had his bell rung on that. Speaking of threesomes, my was Joe, buddy, was Joe Mike Tanier. Was in there, right? Was Joe Horn's Was Joe Holmes, it's still there. <laughs> it's still, that's what he hit his head on. Sorry, Mike Tanier. I think I think Joe was playing for the Saints in that, yeah. at that point. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, yeah. yeah, Mike Tanier uh, had a quote from Aaron Rodgers, which somehow had not crossed my timeline. Um but about um, he was on Pat Ma- Doctor Pat McAfee um, talking about healing his uh, Achilles. Yeah, and um, he was talking about investigating healing modalities was the word he used. <laughs> and he said, "This is a quote: Some of the noises of dolphins when they're lovemaking can help you heal." And Tanier, as as I said, jumps on that immediately and has a phone call with him to Tua, talking about inviting Tua and his wife over. Uh, you know when they're in when they're in New Jersey to to help him with the to help him with the healing. I think he meant. That, I think he meant that a different kind of dolphin island, Mike. But well, maybe it's love boat. Maybe um, maybe not. Well, you know what? Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned Rogers because that was a story that broke Friday. I think uh, that. He's getting this really progressive form of surgery, which sounds, which sounds of course. Right. the University of Las Vegas. Um, the he's getting surgery that might mean he might mean it might mean rather he might be back for the playoffs if the Jets can make it to the playoffs. Well, that's going to be an interesting question. I mean, I point I was asked about it last night, and mm-hmm. and I said um, that the you know they people are saying well Zach, but Zach Wilson they won the game against Buffalo, you know, yeah. and yeah, yeah. Zach wasn't too impressive but he played within himself basically and they can yeah. they've got a great defense the defense is always going to you know um going to play well but you saw what happened against buffalo if you turn it over you know you can have a great defense but if your offense turns it over a couple of times you're putting a lot of pressure on against, against Dallas. Yeah, the, his numbers um for the record oh god he was competing under 50% 44.4 uh, three interceptions. His passer rating was thirty-eight point one. But he had, he had, there were flashes of the quarterback we hope he can can become. Is that going to be the problem with Wilson and those kind of players? That well, I, my comparison when when they drafted him was I said they're drafting another Sam Darnold. Right. His his strengths and weaknesses are virtually the same. You know, he he's got a really good arm. He 
doesn't make good decisions. He, you know, either doesn't see things or he sees the wrong thing. And, you know, that's got to be somehow coached out of him. And I, I, I don't think it had been. Did I, um, did I say Buffalo instead of Dallas? You did, but it's all right. Yeah. I picked it. We, yeah, I, knew, I, I knew what you meant. I knew. What you yeah. Meant. I, I was sorry about that. Cause, um, but any, but anyway, yeah, Dallas's defense is real. I mean, <laughs> Micah Parsons is really good. <laughs> study on, study I mean, God, I, there was a play. There was a play where he lined up with a sign of outside linebacker, and they ran. They ran a stunt where he went in. He went so quickly around the two players. He had to make this stunt and then closed on the quarterback. I just that's that's mm. it's superhuman, you yeah. know. Um, he he's fun, he's absolutely Excellent. phenomenal. He is, and that God, they look they look formidable because the again, it's almost the inverse of, of the Finns, right? We knew their D was gonna gonna be strong, but well, is Dak Prescott gonna be strong enough? Is there enough depth? Was the move away from Zeke Elliott leading on Pollard gonna work? Is the receiving core is there enough depth there? But so far, they look they look yeah. pretty complete, Dallas. Well, they, their running game got controlled, but of course, with the lead again, you don't need to you know um, you don't need to gain lots of yards. You just have to be able to run the ball. Um, Pollard had 25 carries mm. instead of 14, like he did last week, but you know, far fewer yards. But but they still needed to to just breeze those. And Brees was four for nine running, they didn't run the ball much because they were down, obviously. But you know, that the only guy, um, Josh Jake, Josh Jacobs was nine carries for minus two yards mm. against Buffalo. Oof. I mean, it, that's phenomenally bad. And but again, Dabba, they Dabba they had to pass. As well, didn't he? Cook was Cook was not the Cook as appetizing. Yeah, Jay, James Cook had a good day. James Cook did. Now that's interesting because Buffalo have struggled in that position for, for years, frankly, haven't they? That the hope with Devin Singletary didn't really work out. They've they've been trying to get the Garant Gang game around Josh. Allen. They found their guy now because they're big on they, Cook. They could they could be. I mean, in that game. It's hard. It's hard to tell anything in a game like that because they the the time of possession was basically forty twenty, <laughs> yeah. So they and they were running cook a lot, and and that was um, you know once you take the lead, that's that's what that's what you do. The two and zero Cowboys are now um, fifty to ten, no seventy to ten against New York this year <laughs> <laughs> yes they are i love that stat i first you have the dolphins patriots deep dive and now that you're on fire this monday right let's talk um back to the zero and two teams yeah we'll talk we'll talk the bears next actually because that will help us talk Bucks. yeah well. they've got a problem they've got serious problems i mean yeah. you well, know there was a moment early in the game when justin fields threw a nice pass mm-hmm. to some to somebody and um, I can't remember who. It was and, Claypool, uh, wasn't it? To Claypool? Yeah, it was Claypool. Yeah, that's right. He's still in the league. It was <laughs> like, didn't, didn't <laughs> yeah. you used to be Chase Claypool? Oh, that guy. And and, um, and I said, yeah, but look at that. That completion showed you exactly what the problem with Justin Fields is. He has to wait till Claypool's got a step on the defender, and then he drills it in. And if he doesn't get that time, he's lost. You know, he 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 wasn't scrambling out of the pocket the way he did last year, where he was quick to he was quick to leave the pocket. They've been coach obviously been coaching that out of him. You've got to stay in the pocket longer. You you know you can't go with the first sign of trouble. But that just means he gets sacked a lot more. Yeah, because he he's it's it's almost as if he's afraid to let go of the ball until he's sure the receiver's got a shot at it. And, sacked you know, six it, times. Anthony Richardson. 
Yeah, Anthony Richardson in in comparison in, in his, the brief time that he played, but even in the first week was was willing to lead receivers, you know, to mm-hmm. take the chance on receivers. And so, you know, you just think that's something he can he's obviously starting to learn. Uh, didn't have to really worry about it so much in college. But yeah, I think the Bears have a real problem real problem there because Tampa's not that good. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, um Well, aren't they? Well, okay, he- hear me out yeah. for a minute, I'm like the the argument for Tampa being better than a number of people thought in terms of maybe not contending for the playoffs. That's maybe a reach, but we know they're in a very winnable division. Therefore schedules easier than some. This defense in particular is full of still packed, still stacked Carlson. Oh yeah. Heavyweights. And they turned on when it mattered. I mean, you mentioned the pressure that Fields was under six times. He was sacked. There was this run of play where they seemed to be sacking him every play. Yeah. Vita 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 was on inside. And and I, all of these guys, yeah, they've been there. They've won it. They've got their big deals, all of that negativity. And of course there are, there are question marks offensively, but if Baker can stay good Baker more than bad Baker, the defense keeps him. Yeah. That, I take that point. And, and good Baker means that he doesn't turn the ball over, do silly things when he can't see downfield. Impulsive and, stuff. He's running yeah. hard as well. Carson. Because the same thing applies to Mayfield, as I was saying with Herbert. Mm. And in fact, I might've called Mike Williams, Mike Evans, because they're interchangeable. Oh, yeah. They're interchangeable in my mind. Sort of. I'm, hung, I'm hungover. If anyone can't, <laughs> if anyone can't guess, yeah. um, no shit. <laughs> um, but um, you know, he, Mike Evans, can, you know, he can hit Mike Evans. He can see Mike Evans above the the pass rush because he's so stuff. big. Yeah. And and that I think that to me made made the biggest difference in the game. He didn't turn the ball over. He threw for a lot of yards. Yeah. Um, you know, with with some help and and their defense was able to keep Chicago in check, but Chicago is not the toughest team um, to keep in check. DJ Moore, I thought looked really good. Mm. Um, if they get, if they get the ball to him. And, to use him. Um, but and what? Cairo, Cairo Santos kicked like an Egyptian again. <laughs> Cairo kicked like an Egyptian. <laughs> remember, oh. that, remember that song by the, by the, the bangles, Bengals, the, the Bengals, the, 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 Bengals, <laughs> the Cincinnati Bengals. I love a bit of Bengals action. Um, you know, I think Baker fits fits this box side. That's I, I can see the fight he's got, and sometimes it's overzealous. And last season in particular, remember the crazy headbutts, and it was all getting yeah. a little bit too much. Like Joe Hart in that game against Iceland in the Euros, and Joe Hart was just should have <laughs> should have probably been drug tested. Um, that's kind of Baker Baker putting a Joe Hart, but. The, the ayahuasca, it, ayahuasca. Yeah, was he? He got the triple dose from from Aaron Rodgers. But I think he fits this box side. I can see the lot of these. You mentioned Vita Vea. These heavyweights that have been there and done it, that are pissed off that they've been written off. There's something about the box. That's interesting. That's an interesting, an interesting theory because Baker's been written off. You know. I don't know more times than the first car that I had um, you know, <laughs> in in London. Um, Look, at, listen, so, to, listen to this schedule, Carson. So they've got a long week. They got the Eagles, but they got a long week, right? Because it's yeah. Monday night football. Then they've got the Saints, Lions, Falcons, Bills, and Texans. Saints, Lions, Falcons. That's actually Bills. pretty tough. I mean, if you look at Atlanta's schedule. 
it's much easier, you know, for because they finished lower in that division. Um, and you know, you look your own division game should be relatively easy, but that's not an easy. They that's not three easy of the, they run. three of those though. The, the, yeah. the, the Texans. I mean, five and three. Oh, the Texans. Yeah, well, the Texans. Sure, the Saints. Come on. We well, let's well, see. Saints. That'll tonight. be that'll be yeah. an interesting game. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The Saints always play the Bucks well, yeah. or they did back in the, you know, the the Peyton right. Um, when Allen was the defensive coordinator. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The uh though <laughs> those back ba- good old bounty days. Uh let's go next to the Vikings, another 0 2 team. Yeah. Their luck's running out, right? I mean the turnover Well, yeah, I mean it had to. Still, you know, yeah. last year they had they had the most win they didn't lose any one score game. They, you know, it, it was completely illogical. They were outscored over the season and mm. and it's coming back to sort of haunt them. And you know the the, like the Philadelphia score was 38-34-28. Yeah. But that's that the way the game was. The Vikings scored a couple of late touchdowns to make it look reasonable. Mm-hmm. But the but Philadelphia was in control of that game, even though they didn't play hugely well, you know, for what mm-hmm. for what they're capable of. Um and the touchdown chalked off, of course. Let's talk about that. We gotta actually let's go to the Pass Young mailbag for the first time today. Yeah, finally. Uh let's finally let's go. <laughs> let's go for the first time to Paul Paul Brunt uh, has got a question in about uh the JJ fumble in the end zone, of course. Any thoughts he says on the fumble in the end zone rule? Uh surely this needs looking at now I'm sure everybody at home we, uh, has has seen it desperately unlucky, we, right? Yeah, we've had this, we've had this before, and I, I it reminded me of the um, the play where Champ Bailey intercepted Tom Brady and Ben Watson from across the field, from the other side of the field, went diagonally and cut Champ Bailey off at about the one yard line, mm. and Bailey, I thought, and many people watching, fumbled through the end zone, mm-hmm. and the referees ruled that he was down at the one at the fumble because it was impossible that given how he was running forward, that he could have fumbled the ball sideways, not, you know, not at least diagonally forward anyway, but it is a crazy rule. Um, It goes back to the old days when, when keeping possession of the ball was a big thing. And you're more like rugby, say when you're defending rugby, if you, if you, um, if you fumble, if you fumble through the end zone in rugby, you don't get a scrum on the on the three yard line. The other team gets a dropout, and it's mm-hmm. basically the same the same rule, mm-hmm. um, except you don't have to kick <laughs> you don't have to kick the ball. You get it uh, touchback, you know. But it's basically the same rule, and I, and I agree with people that it logically it doesn't really make a lot of sense. Um, you know, mostly because those kinds of fumbles come on big plays. Mm-hmm. It's not like somebody's. You know, you've got the ball in the one yard line, and and your fullback comes through and fumbles it through the end zone and, right. you know, and out out the other side. Right. It's usually on a big play. So, and in this I case, it was JJ reach obviously reaching for the pylon, wasn't he? Yeah. So, I yeah. mean, fine. I wouldn't. I wouldn't object to the rule being changed, but I think you know, I can live with the fact that it's not. Um, so back to the Vikes then. If their luck is is running out, you mentioned Cousins earlier having on paper. And this is the danger, of course, with numbers and stats, a very solid season, but they have no bite. They have no real cut through. Their defense is proved to be problematic as well. Is there any hope for them to, to Hunter had three set three sacks, which was mm. their one bright spot. But no, I think you know they're they're not real strong. Their offensive line's not that strong either. Um Cousins is standing in and doing a lot of good stuff. I mean, you know, cousin Greg 
one of one of your heroes. Um, <laughs> uh, give that guy a Congressional Medal of Honor. Um, the uh, but he 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 when he tweeted that Kirk had thrown for seven ten and six TDs in the first two games, which is pretty damn MVP, impressive. MVP. I said, yeah, but the actual stat is that Ma- Madison. I think had 19 carries for 38 yards or something like that in the first two games. You know, they're they're uh, they're right. pretty much unable to do much else, um, and that's going to come back, I think, to haunt them. Will, got, they regret, will they regret letting Dalvin Cook go? Then do you think? Um, I don't think Cook would make that much of a difference to this team. Um, it, it's funny because Madison was sort of like their version of Tony Pollard. Mm-hmm. Where where the second guy was sometimes outperforming the first, but he's not the catch, the pass catcher that Cook is. That's the the big difference. Mm-hmm. Um, and they also Hawkinson's playing really well for them, you know. So they've got three receivers plus a tight end who can damage you. But you know, I think this is just the plexiglass effect of every of last year bouncing back yeah. um, and getting them. And they've got a tough run as well because they they were yeah, first in exactly. the division. Brutal yeah. Do you reckon they might? There's a lot of frisky rumors about the Jets coming in for, for Cousins. Do you reckon they, the, the the Vikes might consider dealing him if the offer's right? Uh, it's a tough one. They, they would have to be in a really bad position. But I mean, it's his last year. Mm. Um, so the, the idea they could get something for him That's you know, w- w- would be very tempting. Um, like a second round would they get for him? They might ooh. would the Jets go that high? It's a question of yeah, it's a question of need. I I doubt the Jets would be the team to do it. Um imagine him and Rogers in the playoffs, like that both back and having to <laughs> Well, in New York are we are we picturing this? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. Um, but I think that's pretty pretty much in like in unlikely, although it mm. makes next year's contract situation pretty interesting because mm. you know they didn't really draft another quarterback. Um I the thing I loved from that Thursday night game was that shot they had late of AJ Brown yelling at Hertz. Because mm. presumably, because he wasn't getting any throw, he only had like four catches or something like that. And he's yeah. in his contract year. He's in the last year of his his first contract. And um, you know, Hertz was throw, Hertz was throwing to um, to um, Devonte and uh, Smith, and you know they played at Alabama together. So you know, right. I could just hear it coming. You know, as as like, look, you know, last year I carried you. <laughs> you got to show me some get, show me yeah. some sugar this year. You know. <laughs> I got a contract coming up. Let's talk about the the Chiefs next. Uh, not that they fit into um, the, the <laughs> symmetrical model, but I just want to yeah, look at the final number. A one in one record is very symmetrical. Well, that's, that is a very fair point. So three, five, I'm doing this on the fly. Three, five, eight. Yeah, 12 different receivers. Actually, no, Richard James didn't catch a pass. 11 different receivers. Sky Moore, breakthrough game for him. His first touchdown, of course, had a, had a, a couple of big catches in that one. So did Justin Watson, actually, as well, coming through. Tony, they used him early doors to, I guess, uh, <laughs> calm things down. I love Kadarius Tony. I want Kadarius Tony to have a big year. and A, a, a very watchable player. But uh, Kelsey was back with some injury. He had, he had uh, four catches for 26 in the, and the score, the first touchdown for for the Chiefs, is this going to be their game plan? Because after the first week, when everybody was crazy overreacting, they're going to go into the market and get a receiver. They they can't go on like this. Everybody panicking. Kelsey comes back. Mahomes sprays it round. Is this the read Mahomes mo this season? That it's just everybody's going to get fed. Well, they have to. I mean, you know, because they, they first they've got to overcome the drops. Um, 
they've got to find a kick returner who won't fumble the ball. Um, oh, Richie Rich, James got it in the kisser, Rich, didn't he? <laughs> Richie James, when he, when he, he does it every shoulder. year. And, you know, at least one every year. You know, he yeah. just completely oh, misses really? it. It's like he can't track track the ball. It's like Rufus, it, Rufus can't, you know, can't track a ball over his head because he can't see anymore. But how does it happen? Why does it happen? This is obviously a brilliant athlete. We've seen him light it up on returns. Why? Do, how does that happen? I mean, is it just concentration? It's is a it... concentration thing. He probably gets nervous as the ball comes in. Nerves. Maybe he's thinking about what he's going to do. You know, that's usually when you pump, when you muff a punt, it's usually because you're thinking about what you're going to do. Yeah, you touch, you know, or, or you're thinking about the guy who's about to cream you as soon as yeah. you, as soon as you touch the ball. Um, that's a but, you know, point, Kel- yeah. Kelsey wasn't back in terms of like being a downfield threat, Kelsey is their pass game because they use, he's basically a wide receiver who lines up sometimes at tight end, but you know, but (laughs) but they, they use him like, like a wide receiver and, and he's paid like a tight end. I mean, which was something they could have kept saying to Chris Jones, you know, Jason, he's the highest by, or not the highest paid tight end, second highest, I think, but you know, but he's being paid really well for a tight end, but not, not for and then Jones would have said, "Well, I'm being paid pretty well for a defensive tackle, but I get as many sacks as the defensive end, the right. best defensive ends. So you ought to be paying me like that." You know, it's one yeah. of those anomalies of the NFL. I thought Jones's return made a big difference, even though they had played relatively well the week before when they lost. Um, he had, you know, he, he was just a force inside as he always is, and and it made the other guys better because they were getting more rest inside and mm-hmm. and. Um, but they do, and Pacheco ran really well. They they seem to be confounding um, Jacksonville um, with that. But they really, I think, could still use another receiver to step up. Watson is Watson's a good blocker. He's but he's not a breakaway threat. Um, you know, I liked him at Penn. I liked him at Tampa. Um, they. They got by last year with Juju as, you know, as kind of Juju was basically doing the same things Kelsey was doing, but from the other side of the field, most of the time, you know, but, mm. but from, they used to mostly from the slot or a lot from the slot, you know, and, and running those same kind, those same kind of, kind of routes. And, and that's great when you're complimentary, it's less so when you don't have a number one. And mm. I think that's what they're just right, right now. That's what they're, they're kind of discovering. Um, you, they, you they be- need it. A dependable, a dependable guy Mahomes can go to. Well, so let's look at Kelsey notwithstanding, just to go full circle to your first answer was, well, they have to. Well, they have to spread it around right now. But I guess my point is, is Reed going to be okay with that? Or is he going to look to go into oh, the market? Oh, yeah. And no, pick look up- at Andy Reed's look at Andy Reed's history with wide receivers. You know, sure. he had loads of teams in Philadelphia where there was no standout wide receiver. And sure. he was perfectly willing to go with that, you know, and scheme them into into wins, you know, then when he had Terrell, they went all the way to the Super Bowl. Yep. Um, you yeah. Know, that's the effect that, a, that a, a number one target can have, you know, when it's not Todd Pinkston or, or, or Samuels or a guy like that. I'm just looking right now. Yeah. MVS is a one trick pony. Mm-hmm. T- Kadarius Tony's got to stop dropping the ball. Moore is more of a uh, up the over the middle kind of guy. Um Watson is a big receiver, good, good tall possession guy. So ra- that leaves, you know, Rashi Wells, um, who well, Rice, Rashi Rice, um, and that would probably be the guy they should try breaking in pretty quickly mm-hmm. um, as an alternate threat. I think he's he's got a, a pretty good skills. 
Um, and there's nobody really, uh, you know, running around on the waiver wire that you're going to pick up. That's going to be that guy for you. Mm. Yeah. It's whether they, yeah, they cough up some, uh, collateral if they, uh, if they feel they need it, but that is really fascinating. Carson. Here's one from the Passyuk mailbag from, uh, Jotty Lloyd. Incidentally, uh, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok at the NC show. Also YouTube as well. Videos from the show, bonus extra videos as well. Head on over to YouTube. Uh, subscribe you won't miss a trick there uh who's winning the nfc east asks jotty i want to lead you into this question by getting your take on the commanders because their defense is for real the, the yeah. washington commanders do they have a shot at, at least contending for the east or is it so competitive that their best chance is going to be a wild card um well i i, I just can't put them at the level of the Cowboys or Eagles. Mm. You know, I can see them beating the Giants. I mean, I can see them beating one of those teams, you know, mm-hmm. on, a, on a given day. Um, and, you know, cut, cutting down what, what they do. They, they should be able to play the Eagles pretty well. You think if they can control the line of scrimmage, that's going to be, those games will be, you watch the Eagles offensive line against their defensive line, you know, to, to see how well, how well they play. But, you know, I, I think third place is the best they can hope for. I mean, mm. the Giants have had one good half, but it was against Arizona, and I still don't. I still have trouble crediting Arizona um, fully. And it was a game of two hats, basically, because Brian Dayball put on the play calling hat in the second in the second half, and and they looked a lot better, you know. But and and credit to Arizona, the Giants came out. Arizona had the big lead. The Giants came out and scored a touchdown. Arizona scored a touchdown scored right again. back. Yeah, put, yeah, yeah. Put the league back to um to 21. And, you know, they didn't they didn't crack particularly, you know, but um the Giants stopped the run. And that was to me the big Connor all of a sudden, after almost three quarters of of looking like Ironhead uh Haywood, you know, or something <laughs> like that, um, uh, kind of retreated, you know, retreated back to to being to being a back and that was strange as well because he was banged up in the week didn't practice for most of the week i know he was expected to be a scratch and then he I mean, comes out and that's i mean he, he was running he was running brilliantly mm-hmm. um you know power speed and and it was a weird game too because there were a lot of penalties in it um mm-hmm. the flags were flying constantly um i looked it up it was like nine against the giants and eight against arizona um and you you don't really kind of expect that um but it, it's the sign of it's kind of the sign of a sloppy of a sloppy game i do love and those games don't get we... me started on the oh, refer- on the officials we're not, we're not we're not that's the kind of extra bonus content you can go and see on youtube gang the uh, i do love those games though like you mentioned with connor just playing like a man possessed these vets who yeah had more than a cup of coffee in the big leagues but maybe haven't quite moved into fifth gear just having these big smash up games just out of nowhere. The show you they yeah. still play. I love and, and you've that. you've got to feel for Josh Dobbs, who basically did most everything right in that game. Yeah. You know, not flashy, but he made he made a couple of plays. And and the one where he knocked McKinney over at the goal line, you know, and, and you could almost see him starting to think about sliding. And it was like, no. <laughs> and he just Come on. head first, yeah. he lowered his head, you know, it was like, and uh, into McKinney and just, and just knocked him over. I said, Maybe yes. Connor and Dobbs should form a tag team, Carlson. 
that would be, that would be great. <laughs> All right, a couple more for uh, for the road. Let's get go. get into that Passion mailbag. That's there were a couple of good ones I saw last night that you very controlled. I, I didn't reply to them. I was impressed. Um, yes, I did like them though. You like to... them, and you told yeah. people you like them, which was nice. Um, well, if I miss any of the ones you want to ask, I want me to ask. Then, then I'm I just looking for it now. Here's yeah. one from Lacey, Lacey Boy eighty two. After watching Fiji at the Rugby World Cup. Am I crazy to think there's a huge potential NFL talent there? The size and power of their players must be off the charts. Yeah, they're, 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 you're not crazy at all. I mean, look at look at how many Samoan players are, which also, I mean, who gave Western Samoa permission to call themselves Samoa? <laughs> you know, it's like half an island. <laughs> well, I'm not going to argue with them, Carlson. I'm sure you. I, I, yeah, well, American Samoa is the other. You know, is the other half of the island. But look at how many you know really great Samoan players have gone into the NFL. Now, some of them you know are, are like first generation Americans or even second. But um, I said the same thing the first time I went to Auckland and went to the Pacifica Festival, and you have all of the islands represented in this big park and island. And, uh, and I thought these people look as if they were genetically engineered to play rugby mm. you know they they're bit they're naturally big um they're broad in the beam which is always always a good thing and when you watch you know when they watch them watch them play it's a fearless kind of game that they play and, and the fijians are particularly um in the way their, their rugby is played are particularly open kind of rugby. Blair, that's why yeah. they're so good in the sevens. Uh, Fiji is, you know, uh, and um, yeah, so I think he's absolutely right. You know, there's not, we've talked about it tons of times over the years. There's not an automatic sort of transition pathway between the two sports because the, the skills you need are different. The shapes and sizes you need are different, but look at Jordan Mylotta, mm -hmm. for example, you know, came in blind, you know, having not played and within three years is starting and, you know, is basically a all pro or a pro bowl quality uh, tackle, you know, running guys, Hain did pretty well, but, you know, gave it up after a year because um, in rugby, you don't start, you generally run, you, you've got a running start when you, when you're carrying the ball. Um, mm -hmm. But you get a lot of guys who are sort of back row forwards who, you know, you look at could be tight ends. If yeah. 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 He's built, he's built kind of in a, a tight end way. Um, you know, like Martin Johnson was a tight end for the Leicester Panthers, I think. Ah, that's um, right. yeah, yeah. But he's, he was, he's kind of, so and remember what's his name um smith the the guy from the jets who we had had on a couple of times he was an oh, australian gosh, yeah. yeah 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 but yeah. but the day he was a basketball player in, in australia so he was kind of great to make a tight end conversion because he was used to doing Hay all that basketball. hayden smith, hayden smith yeah, that's yeah yeah nice guy you know and but he had he had been recruited as a basketball player out of australia and then started playing rugby because he had played mm -hmm. rugby in australia you know and then came over here to play rugby and then decided you know went back to america and um took up you know took up football um and you know great great athlete but mm -hmm. that he had that transitional body he could play all three of those sports where the where the requirements are kind of the same. Yeah. Yeah. Here at Menu and Mike. And I want to yeah. Make it do I'll, a table table tennis pool. And I, I can't play. wait to hear to hear some of the um 
voice school announcer guys. Oh my God. You know, and that's a great touchdown by uh, for the uh, number 20 uh, going on, going on Fijian names. <laughs> you know, well, the guy who shows the guy who shows the name tags on the backs is going to be really, he's going to be quit if he's paid by letter. He's going to be quitted. Uh, Carlson, <laughs> I'm getting aside from Propo that we've got to wrap things up. So we're going to show out there to the people. Propo is Propo has given me the signal. So is there any more for any more? From you, oh, man. oh! I had I had lots of little notes here, but nothing, you no, know, nothing that the uh, oh the um the flea flicker, the reverse mm. flea flicker, Atlanta ran against Green Bay should mm. get a shout out. You run a reverse and then and then pass it back, and and Mac Collins, you know, basically just took the ball away from Russell. I think it was Russell Douglas, you know, just basically fought fought the ball away from him. So I thought mm. I thought that was that was worth a a, a small shout out, and and Puka. Puka Nakua. What a pickup. You know, from Stan from, from Stanford to the Rams, he had 15 catches. You know, he was, for, our, he, was you know, he was Ben and I in our FFS fantasy team, I and Mike. He was in that team because of course, like everybody picked him up off the uh, off the waiver wire last week in our daily fantasy team. We came second in uh the five dollar entry contest. We made fifty fifty dollars for our charity, I and Mike. Oh, right. Ben and I. So how about oh, that for the oh, right. and yeah, that right. was an interesting game in a lot of ways. But Jake Moody, who you know was drafted high for a kicker, yeah, yeah. was three for three and had a fifty-seven yarder. And um Tutu had seven catches. And I just think Puka and Tutu is it's, Puka, it's yeah. like it's it's like a children's puppet show or something. <laughs> yeah. You know, it, it could be real it could be really uh really interesting. A, a kind of fun a kind of fun uh a fun <laughs> a fun day for the kids. And the LA Rams are brought to you by the children's television board. Yeah I, I, you have to credit McVeigh for doing a pretty good job of of coaching this Rams offense, you know. Yeah. And 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 actually they brought along defense Defense too. Their defense hasn't looked that spectacular, but they brought along a lot of guys who are undrafted or low drafts or, or pickups, and they coach mm-hmm. them pretty well. And there's a lot of ex Rams players who they couldn't afford because they, you know, they they put themselves in salary cap hell. Yeah, well, that's um, the thing. It's scattered to, around the league. They talked about it in comms, didn't they? It seems to that's the appeal for McVeigh. They're kind of rebuilding something. No pressure on him. Nobody's taking him seriously to do anything, and and he's making do with all of these limitations. And uh, and I guess he probably looks at that and looks at the the challenge that offers and Belichickian style, picking up these car stuff and these never quite words and making them something. Yeah, yeah I think I, less. I think less. Sneed probably deserves some credit too, because you know mm-hmm. they they have gone into salary cap hell with mm-hmm. for you know for Stafford and Ramsey and and they've got to keep Aaron Donald obviously mm-hmm. and stuff like that. But he does tend to find really good players, um, you know, to control. I mean Reynolds. Every time I watch Reynolds, you know, actually playing well for Detroit. Who have what's his name? The GM there came from the Rams, so he's mm. picked up quite a few Rams. Um, but Reynolds, I loved when he came up, you know, with, with the with yeah. the Rams, and he was like an undrafted guy or a late late draft pick. Anyway, that's a, that's the kind of stuff I just love uh, watching, and it makes it makes Red Zone worthwhile. Loving uh, your work. I, I, yeah, like. I'm watching individual games now. You know, it's like I've got red zone on and one one little screen and I'm jumping keep around. Keep on the scores, but actually it's the games. I, I'm with you. I like the I like just it breathing a little bit. Red zone is great, but as we often say, 
a little bit too frenetic at times. So I'm interested to hear how everybody watches and sets up on Sunday. So fire that in as well at the NC show. Yeah, Red Zone only. That's a good one. Yeah, red, yeah I wonder, wonder where people are these days. Uh, Carlson at Carlson Sports. Say you follow the big man on Twitter. Patreon.com. Mike Carlson FM. T-E is how you follow the stylings. Steen Scotland. Profilings. <laughs> you go and you need to have a cold shower and uh, 15 quarts of coffee by the look of it. I might uh, after the night you've had. Um, brilliant stuff. <laughs> Rest up, bud, and uh, we'll check you with the next Monday. Look after yourself. Okay, you too, man. Take care, man. Sports Social Podcast Network.